You're listening to Borderline Idealist. Join us every Sunday for new episodes where we focus on introverts, highly sensitive people, and mental health. Log on to BorderlineIdealist.com for past episodes, blog posts, and to find ways to support us. Together, we can give a voice to introverts and tear down mental health stigma. Everybody, welcome to Borderline Idealist, our famous Sunday episodes. I'm AJ, the INFP. Hey guys, I'm Chris, the INFJ. And our special guest for this Sunday is Jamila. She's an ENFP. I'm gonna let her introduce herself. Hi everybody, I'm Jamila. What do you do, Jamila? <laughs> what do you do? So Why I'm, over you? Here. I'm just being funny. <laughs> Hi, everybody. My name is Jamila. I am a lawyer, and I have a virtual law firm, but we also have an office out in Alabama. I also am a healthcare advocate, and I am a mother to an awesome one-year-old who's going to be two in two weeks. How is that all? <laughs> what, type of, uh, what type of lawyering do you do, Jamila? So we do a few areas. We do trademark, copyright, we do adoptions, literary law, and we also do estate planning. Ooh. Yeah, and Jamila <laughs> being an ENFP on the Meyer Briggs, that means that she's um, she just did the test on 16personalities.com yeah. <laughs> and found out that she's very independent, um, very emotional, loving... I'm a campaigner. Yeah, very free thinking. So, you know, she is a special person. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm the seven percent. So I feel important. And our topic for this Sunday is going to be postpartum depression. Uh, Mel, can you explain to us what exactly postpartum depression is, and um, just tell us a little bit of your background with that? Sure. So. Postpartum depression happens after a woman has a child. At first, the first few weeks, your hormones, your body is regulating. So they call that the baby blues. Sometimes you'll feel up and down, happy and sad. But if it goes on for a certain period of time, then they call that postpartum depression. And during that time, you could just cry out the blue, feel hopeless, have thoughts of despair, And in some really, really serious cases, some women um, do harmful things. So it can get really bad at times. I I didn't have the severe, severe case, but I did have postpartum depression. Mm. So who did you uh, talk to about this while you were going through it? So when I was pregnant, I actually, in the very beginning, had antepartum depression which is having, for for lack of better words, it's having postpartum depression while you're pregnant. Mm-hmm. I would have thoughts where I was overwhelmed. I would just, you know, be happy one moment and just bust out crying. And it was just a lot to deal with. So um, I really didn't talk to many people about that because I didn't know what was going on. And I was like, well, this isn't normal or it's going to go away. And I said, I'll just pray about it. Maybe that will help. <laughs> So it seemed to go away, but it was always kind of there. And once I had my son, it resurfaced. And about a month after I had him, 
I could tell it wasn't baby blues anymore. I could just be sitting there holding him and I didn't want anybody to touch him. <laughs> I would be sitting on the couch and I wouldn't even know if I went to sleep that night because I was just always staring at him. I felt like I was already a, a bad mom because my baby got a diaper rash and I would blow it out of proportion. So it got really bad. Um, I went to my doctor as my first checkup after I had my son and she asked if everything was fine. And I said, yeah, yeah, everything was fine because I didn't want anybody to know something was wrong with me. So my child's father noticed I was off and we called the hotline number that they gave us. And after that, I talked to the nurse on the hotline and she let me know that I probably should talk to my doctor. I might have postpartum. And so my next appointment, I did tell my doctor. And at that appointment, I burst out crying and said, something's wrong. I am a bad mother. My child got a diaper rash. I'm happy, but I'm really sad. I don't know what's going on. I don't even know if I know what I'm doing. And I told her that I'm sorry that I lied during my first appointment and said nothing. Mm. And I told her I didn't do it because I wanted to be the strong black woman or the great mom. And I, I love my son. I shouldn't be feeling this way. So it was it was really hard to even say that something was wrong um, with me during that time. So, I mean, I, I told I told us I, I mentioned it to a few friends here and there. But I don't think anyone thought it was too serious because everybody knew I was going to be this great mom and everybody knew I was a peppy person. So they're like, oh, okay, just pray about it or you're going to be fine. You're just getting used to it. Mm. But they really didn't understand how crazy it was. And at that time, I was also studying for a bar exam two weeks after I had a child, which if anybody has taken the bar exam, you do know you study for like 12 weeks straight, nonstop. Uh. And newborns cry, like, every two hours. <laughs> so it was a lot. It was just so much on me at that time. Oh, my gosh. Uh, it was scary. Yeah, I'm so glad I'm not a woman. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, it was scary. So none of your friends had maybe I, noticed it or had gone through it before? Well, at that time, I was down in Jacksonville. And the majority of my friends still lived in Atlanta. And I really didn't mention it to them and the friends that i did tell maybe one or two they didn't have children so they really weren't aware mm. honestly i thought postpartum depression was a rare beast i, I was like people don't really get postpartum depression that's ooh, that's that's not really real that's just a very rare thing but i didn't realize how common it is to have postpartum and i didn't realize that it doesn't just go away i thought that okay this feeling's gonna go and it just didn't go away so it made me feel really scared at the time. Um, when I did tell my doctor, she suggested I talk to somebody because I needed therapy to talk to somebody. And then after a while, I got um, put on Zoloft. And just so people know, Zoloft was the medication that I took to, I guess, to regulate you know my feelings, my thoughts, and my emotions. And it didn't kick in instantly. It doesn't kick in instantly. But I think after about a week or two, I could tell the difference. I didn't feel like there was fog in my head. That's the best way to describe it. I always felt like there was like fog or something just floating around in my head and I couldn't shake it out or I couldn't clear it out, but it just lifted. 
that I could cope better, I could deal better. And it took a while. It, that that even wasn't an overnight thing. But it, it took a while to feel like myself again. I guess it, it seemed to me like we, at the beginning you were maybe even just afraid to voice it because of the expectations you had. Yeah. Um, and sort of the image that you wanted to portray. Yeah. And some people can't get past that. That's true. It's, I I knew that I was always going to be a mom. And once I became a mom, I was like, I'm going to be great. I'm, I, sh- I should be happy. I have this new child. He's really cute. <laughs> <laughs> He's really cuddly, too. And he smells great. And I should be happy. Why do I feel so down? Mm-hmm. And I didn't think anybody would understand. I didn't understand it. That you know, and when I did try to express it to some people, some people would say things such as, "Oh, you just got a new baby. You should be really happy about that," mm-hmm. or "You're you're doing all this great things. He's cute. You're gonna be fine." So the help wasn't there because people couldn't understand that depression does not mean I am gonna. I'm sad because something's not going. It's not like, "Oh, cheer up, be happy, think happy thoughts." That's not. <laughs> that doesn't yeah. change. It's anything. like when you're depressed and. Or when you hear about like famous actors or singers that are depressed, like what do you, what do you have to be depressed yeah. about? You have everything. Like, Excuse no. me. You have money. You have fame. You have no reason to be depressed. But that kind of goes back to uh, what you're talking about being a strong black woman. The stigma about it. You were trying to put up this facade of who you were, and or who she wanted to be. Yeah, yeah. or who who. Who people say that you're supposed to be. Does, does this mean that, you know, you're thinking about having more children because you've gone through this? Or, you know, you'll be better prepared when you when you do have more children? You know, I don't want to put yeah. out... The, if, if you're not, if you're not <laughs> so thinking about having I more am, children, I, am. I always tell people I want two and a possible. I know kids are not playing guys. I always say I want two and a possible for children. So I two do and what? Two and a possible. Like, <laughs> we're playing like spades. Like, you're naming your books in spades. <laughs> But I've always wanted at least two kids because I want my child to have a sibling. So, yes, I'm open to having another child as long as before I'm 35. I just, I don't, (laughs) after 35, I'm like, I'm tired. (laughs) But I am open to that. And I think that this experience that I went through and knowing what I know now, I would be able to speak up more. Um, As of now, I've had friends who, after I've had my child, they have been pregnant they had their children and so i talk to them now about a lot of this Mm. um i express to them what i went through and i tell them you're not crazy they're like i feel crazy today i just want to cry and i'm like you know what that's normal Mm. i still do that i still sometimes just sit and cry out of nowhere and i was like it's just something that women don't talk about you can get very overwhelmed you can feel like you don't know yourself anymore and so it, it does get to that level but it doesn't mean I don't want any more children. I think I know now how to identify if it's happening. Mm-hmm. This is also something that maybe men can probably go through also. Uh, what do you think about that? Men or people that adopt children? You know, I think it's it's almost having that fear of having a child and you're, you have a fear of what kind of parent you're, you're yeah. going to be. Just the rash. Do you, do you think that your child's father experienced anything like that or that men can experience something like that? I think that parents in general can experience, after a child comes into the home, 
depression can set in. A lot of different things can set in because your whole family dynamic has changed. Changes, yeah. Like postpartum depression, you know, you have all those hormones still in your body. You just went from carrying this whole entire child with <laughs> all these different things going on with your body and now the child's out of your body. You have a whole new body, a whole new everything. It's just <laughs> your physical, your mental, everything's changed. But in the same breath, you know, a person's partner can also feel that change. When you do have a partner in the house and a new baby, does that partner still get the same attention? Has the person changed? Having a child is a very high stressed thing. Mm -hmm. You're both stressed. The child's crying or needs milk or what do you need? Do you have a diaper rash? Do I have to? And so it can, I believe that it can break up relationships, but it also can bring relationships closer as well because it's, there's just so much to that dynamic. Social media makes it look like, oh, this child's cute. I put a dress on. I put pants on. Child poop. Good night. <laughs> and I'm guilty of that. I post pictures of my child being cute. Who I wants remember, to post pictures? <laughs> I remember a post that you put on Facebook that not too long ago about you were at the store, I think, and you said Instagram picture yeah. in real life. <laughs> Reality, right. I'll put up a picture of my son smiling. And then the, the next one, reality is he's on the floor, ah, crying. I'm like, this is what he's really doing. I just finally got a good picture. But I mean, having a child can change the dynamics for everyone in the family. Think about it. You might have a four-year-old child and a new baby comes in and that four-year-old was the baby. So they have to adjust. So it is hard for people to adjust to a whole new person. It's like having a new roommate. Like, hey. This is your forever roommate. Mm. <laughs> this is your forever roommate. This is the person that you have. This is the person you will forever. Yes, you, have to, clean up yes, you, have, you to have to teach them how to speak and get the worry yeah. about where they are and what they're doing. And, and know that you you still have to make sure you remember to take a bath and wash your hair and eat too and everything. And which you would find very surprising. There were times in the very beginning, I would think, did I wash my hair in the last two weeks or? Um, did I fix my dinner? It's 11 o'clock. I guess I should eat something now. You forget a lot because you're learning how to take care of you and a person who doesn't know how to take care of themselves. You're 100% responsible for a whole other person. And that's a lot. <laughs> Think about it. People who are caretakers. That's a that's a career. That's what people do as a career. Right? They're, they're caretakers. So now you're a caretaker, but maybe you also work outside the home and you have other family members and all. It's... Yeah, it's it's a lot. It's, it it is a lot. Yeah. But with postpartum depression, that is something that can deeply affect you, and it has it might need to go beyond just talking to somebody. Sometimes mm -hmm. you do need medication, and I took Zoloft for a couple of months, and it it, it really helped me. It helped me. I feel immensely. like postpartum depression is maybe a little bit different from depression, some other forms mm -hmm. of depression, as you mentioned earlier, whether dads or it is uh, yeah. could experience depression. I think, like you mentioned, maybe it, they could, but it it would be relating to the change of environment or the change of yeah. relationships. Whereas, to with postpartum, I feel like a big part of it is not just um, those changes, but also the hormonal things yes. that are going inside. That's really and, a big thing that's happening. And you mentioned earlier about um, how you know having a completely new body. I mean, I can't imagine what the brain goes through, the psychological effect yeah. that it has on a woman to experience something to, that's growing inside you yeah. and then it's become active and kicking and doing all this and Just that. so y'all know, like, before I got pregnant with my son, I was actually training to be 
in a competition. I was working out twice a day. So I was extremely <laughs> physically fit, like measuring my meals. And then I got pregnant. So I went from working out twice a day measuring meals to I still worked out during my pregnancy because I was really fit. And I loved having a fit pregnancy. So I still worked out. But after my son, of course, after I delivered my son, I had this new body. I looked down at my belly area and I was like, what's that? I've never had a stretch mark in my life. I and just for a background for you all, I also was like a track and cross country runner. Okay, okay. <laughs> so I've been an athlete my whole life. Even when I was pregnant, I ran, I think I was eight months pregnant, and I won my age group in a 5K. So I'm really active. And so when I had my son, I looked down, I was like, there's skin down there. There's extra skin and stretch marks. What is this? It was it was a shock. Then of course the rest of your body changed. You carry you have milk. And so your breasts are bigger and all. So I'm like, okay, I have to adjust to this. It, it was a lot. My skin changed. My hair texture changed. I went from having extremely coily, curly hair to my hair becoming waves and straight. And then have some of my hair falling out. So it's very hard. You have to cope with all that, but you still have to wake up every day and take <laughs> care of that child. And you're like, what is going on that with me in my life? Joy. Yeah. So it's, <laughs> it's a lot to try to cope with that. And even now he's he's going to be two in less than a month. I'm still dealing with that. I'm like, okay, well, this is my new body. This is who I am now. My my hair went back curly after two years. It came back <laughs> out of nowhere. Wow. Um, my skin still has changed a lot. I used to have extremely, extremely bad skin, and now it's just bad in one patch. So I'm like thankful for that one patch. <laughs> but th- those things, they are hard to cope and deal with. And I talk to a lot of women who say that too. They look at their bodies now and they're like, I, I don't know who this is. This is not who I am. And what we see... On social media, you see celebrities or fitness gurus or whoever, social media stars saying, I just had a baby. And five days later, look at me. My (laughs) belly's flatter. I look like this and I'm out and about. Please don't believe all the lies when people say this is what they look like without surgery after that. or Some women really do not have stretch marks. They might have a longer torso. I am almost 5'2". So I want you all to know that I'm very short. I have a very (laughs) short torso. I was bound to have stretch marks afterward. I'm not, my stomach went back flat, but I had a lot of skin. So you have to remember that what you see on social media, it's not real. It's not real. And so that's that's another thing that really is harmful these days to women. You see all this stuff on social media because now you're at home with the child and you know you're off from work. So you have a lot of time to scroll and look at other women like, wow, so-and-so looks really good. Wow, look at her. Her stomach's already flat. Wow, look, she's out and she's already working out. I don't look like that. And it gets really hard to accept that. Yeah, we had a, a previous episode about social media and introverts and just how social media can play around with reality, how it makes you feel or how you see everything is just perfect. You know, you only see the good things. But yeah, I really like that picture that you posted on Facebook to show, you know, this is what I post on on Facebook, and this is the reality where they're. I think you were like, son, yeah. I think when you were shopping, I think yeah. they were like falling out. And the kids were smiling in our arms, and then shopping. One child was laying on the floor; the other one was running away. And then the other picture, the way they were both crying and screaming. Yeah, nobody wants to post that. Yeah, you just want to show your kids well behaved, yeah, and like, beautiful, and shiny. I was like, toddlers like to jump off couches. They like to color on your walls. I mean, it's they they do 
crazy stuff and you're just like, why? Why would you do this? <laughs> so that's the reality of it. And that and that is just, that's hard. But you have to remember they're little people. They don't really understand and they're still learning. So you have to make sure you balance that as well as your life. And that's outside of postpartum because my postpartum depression has passed. So now I'm just making sure that I balance a lot of things mentally for myself. I, I went through a lot of things in those other two years other than just having a child, but I have to balance that and talk to somebody and go to somebody or, you know, that could really cause me to spiral downward because it's a lot to deal with. Within the past two years, I had a child. I helped start a business with my, my law firm. I went back to school. I moved back to a different state. So it a lot has happened <laughs> in the past two years, and that that was a lot. So my question would be, uh, just ending on this, what would you tell first-time mothers? What is something that you, you, I, did, did our mom happen to tell you anything about postpartum depression or anything about, you know, the baby blues? <laughs> I think more so, I had a friend who mentioned it to me. Um, my friend is actually um, a neonatal nurse, so it was it was great to have her <laughs> during my pregnancy because I was sending pictures all the time, like, oh goodness, how right now I think I'm about to have the baby, I can feel it, but I know I'm not far along enough. She was like, well, you're around that time, your belly's gonna pop, just wait for it, your ligaments. And I was like, okay, okay. The next day, she's like, how are you? I was like. I have a belly now. She said, surprise. <laughs> so one thing I would tell first time mothers, what you see on social media, what people have talked about, your friends and all that other stuff, a lot is left out. And I don't think it's done intentionally. It just happens so rapidly and fast that everyone forgets to mention it. They forget to mention these things that happen during 14 weeks or six months in or right before you have the baby. Um, down to when, before you have the baby, you when you go to the hospital, they're not gonna let you eat. So if you're there for 24 hours, I was in labor for 26 mm-hmm. hours. Mm-hmm. I didn't eat for over 26 hours. So it's just little things that you forget to say because it just happens so fast. So for first time moms, having a baby, being pregnant and having a baby it is a beautiful thing. Everyone says that part. <laughs> also, is a very hard and stressful and mind boggling thing. It is. And it's okay to cry. It's okay to feel like, you know, I'm I'm not here. I'm just not, I can't do this today. It's fine. We all think that. And it's okay to ask for help. It's okay to ask for help. It's okay to cry. It's okay to take, if you have to take Zoloft, it's okay to go to a therapist. It's okay. All of us are thinking in our heads, what do we just get ourselves into? <laughs> and then the funniest part is you go and have another child. <laughs> You're like, why would I do something like this? Tie my tubes. Like, why? <laughs> but it's okay. You, If you feel that you're not um, okay, if you feel that you're sad a lot, sad at unreasonable times, cry at unreasonable times, you're looking at your child and say, I just don't want to pick you up. Not just not just for a second, like, okay, I need 10 minutes to rest. I don't want to pick you up. But if you oh, have these overwhelming feelings, you need to tell your doctor, your practitioner. You need to let them know because it can be something more serious. You, I mean, we've all heard about the women who have driven cars into the lakes or dropped their kids off on the side of the road, things like that. Mm-hmm. They might have postpartum depression and they never got it treated. 
or they got overwhelmed. Not saying what they did is right. I'm not condoning that at all. But what I am saying is they might have postpartum depression and they never got assistance. They never got help and it just got worse and worse and worse. Avoided. Yeah. So you do need to get help if that is happening and just know that all of us feel crazy all the time. I still feel crazy. <laughs> I still feel crazy with my son sitting there and I'm like, drink your milk and he tips the cup upside down and just licks a leak on the floor. Like, why would you do something like that? So we know he knows we love, not what he does. No. <laughs> we love our children, but you also have to remember to love yourself, look out for yourself and for your mental health because you have to think about it. There was a whole person growing inside of you, and now that whole person is outside of you. And that is a very challenging thing just to encompass and think about. Mm-hmm. And then right then and there, you're thrust with the baby in your hands, and they're like, have at it, figure it out. <laughs> and that's a lot to deal with. So it's okay to ask for help. It's okay to cry. It's okay to talk to somebody. It's okay if you have to take medication. I do have one more question before we go. Mm-hmm. Um, what would you recommend... Um, the friends, the people who are going through this, friends or family, what, that's a good what question. to do and when, what not to do. Because we often hear about, like yes, you just mentioned earlier, such a good question. Like, just pray and you'll be okay. So the just pray Sometimes. thing, I think just pray, that's a good thing to say. That's a good starting point. Thoughts and prayers. Yeah, that's a good starting point. However, there are a lot more things that some people need. They They definitely need that. If you are a friend, check on your friend. People tend to forget the mother. They forget the, they forget the parents altogether. They always forget. They just think of the baby. But especially that mom. And the mom said, "It's I've carried baby nine months. I either just had a C-section or just pushed the baby out of me. <laughs> now I'm sitting here and I'm dealing with all this learning stuff. And then you get a text or a call. How's my baby? And nobody asks about you. Mm-hmm. Nobody asks about your well-being. Nobody asks how you're doing, what you're thinking. Nothing. People come over. I want to see the baby, not I want to see you. You have to remember... And as my, one of my really good friends says, um, and she is um, a therapist, you have to remember you were that person's friend or family member first. You have to remember that mom. Remember mm-hmm. them because they're people too. I am a different person than my son. We're not one entity, and that's mm-hmm. what it usually becomes. So that's something that's really important. Um, also for family and friends, if you're around a new parent, a new mom, and she is acting a little off or distant or staring onto them. She's like, here, you hold the baby and just walks away and things like that. If you notice they are really, really off and it's not just like the first, second week or anything like that, pull them aside or talk to their significant other just to alert them. Like, I think something's wrong. You might need to talk to somebody because that could help them. They may not even notice it. I honestly didn't notice it at first. I just was like, Give me my baby. Why are you looking at my baby? <laughs> Mine. <laughs> so I really didn't notice that at first. So if you are that friend, reach out. And if you come to um, a new parent's house, make sure you bring a gift, you know, like diapers. Or or if you don't even bring a gift, just say, hey, would you like me to watch your child while you go and take a shower upstairs or while you go to the bathroom? Look, that is the best <laughs> that you could do. When I had a friend come over. And said, hey, do you want me to watch your son? You can go upstairs and take a shower. Those 10 minutes, it was luxury. I knew mm. that my child was okay. I didn't have to keep stepping out of the shower and leave the shower curtain open and water everywhere. <laughs> so those things are just really important. But the number one thing is 
remember the person who actually had the child. They are in a separate person. Mm. It, it it really, really matters. It, it really matters a whole lot. And I would say that you two were very good about that, of remembering who I was and checking in like, hey, how are you doing today, Jamila? I'm like, oh, somebody <laughs> remembers me. I used to get so excited about that. <laughs> like, wow, I'm great. Whoa, okay. Well, I, I don't know how I am, but you're asking. This is okay. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, that was a really good question, Chris. That was. I try, I try. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Jamila, yes, for thank you so much for being lending on. us some of your time. For like thank you. idealist with us. This is the first time she's been on. Yeah, I know. Yeah, we want to have you on some more. I'm so I happy. Will come back. Eventually, I, we'll have every, all the youngs on. Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad I could come. Though, so that was a talk topic. About. That was a really good topic just to talk about. Hey, we have to do one of my sisters too. Okay, we'll get your family sisters, too. <laughs> your sister's sisters. Borderline ideal is the family edition. <laughs> well, we're thinking about having like a holiday edition. So for Thanksgiving, we were thinking about getting together with the family and maybe over the phone or something. That'd be good. You know, introverts at holiday time. That'd you know, be good. That'd be <laughs> how do introverts deal with the holidays? So we want to thank everybody for listening. Thank you so much for all your support. We want to remind you that you can log on to borderlineidealist.com to find out blog, find blog posts, past episodes, and ways that you can support us and keep this podcast going. I'd also like to remind you about my personal project, Better Than Depression. I've been posting every day since November 12th, uh, things that remind me that I am better than being depressed. Uh, I think the last thing that I posted was about something as small as a haircut. You know, I, I was growing out my hair for a very long time, and I finally got a, a nice cut. It looks really good, too. I'm jealous. I got my, got my <laughs> husband to give me a cut. So, you know, it's, it's important, you know, that we find things that are better than depression. So after this episode, look for that. And I think something important Jamila said that stood out to me was just, it's okay to cry, you know? <laughs> Sometimes we feel like that makes us a weak when we show emotion, but for men, for women, it's okay to cry for anybody. Just let out that emotion. And, and, you, and you typically feel better afterwards. Yeah. yeah. I feel better. I like, I like crying. <laughs> well, let me go cry. <laughs> and let's remember to, you know, if somebody has just had a baby, let's check on the parents. Let's acknowledge the baby but let's also check on the parents because they need some parents are going through a lot as well just think about it the the child doesn't know how to speak or change themselves and a lot of times even if it is not not a first child every child is different Mm -hmm. so the parents are trying to cope and deal with their lives and pay the bills and still take care of themselves but also learn this child so it it is a lot it is a lot for that so check on the parents too <laughs> don't forget the parents don't so parents. from borderline idealist it's aj the infp this is christian the infj signing off and yes we will see you guys next sunday stay tuned for better than depression all right see you guys later bye 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 if you love listening to the show why not support our cause We ask for a dollar a month to help grow our website and reach more people. If you feel like what we do is important and makes a difference, we ask that you stop by borderlineidealist.com and click on the Patreon link in the menu. Thank you as always for listening, sharing, and inspiring us to do bigger and better things.
have an idea of what we should talk about next, contact us on borderlineidealist.com slash contact. Or you can contact us on Anchor and send us a voice message. Or you could email us, borderlineidealist at gmail.com. Give us some ideas. Give us some feedback. We'd love to hear from you. Thank you for joining us this Sunday. Follow us on our Facebook group and Instagram for more behind the scenes. If you like the episode, why not help AJ and Chris reach more people and leave an iTunes review to help others discover the podcast. Together, we can defeat mental health stigma.